Hello friends, James Corbett here, CorbettReport.com with this week's Propaganda Watch. And this week we have an interesting headline to explore, and we'll see if this headline lives up to the hype. What am I talking about? I'm talking about an article that comes from TechDirt.com, June 26, 2019. EU Intellectual Property Office produces dumbest propaganda film ever, pretending without IP there is no creativity. And this article opens by saying intellectual property law professor Sarah Burstein tweeted over the weekend correctly mocking a truly ridiculous tweet from the European Intellectual Property Office hyping up a film it created that purports to show a drab, creativeless world without any intellectual property. And the EUIPO tweet reads, what would it be like to live in a world where innovation and creativity didn't exist? That's the core theme of IPDentical, the EU IPO's first short film, which depicts a dystopian future without intellectual property. Watch it here, and they put the little teaser video in the tweet, but they have linked to the full, which I understand is a 10-minute YouTube video, a short film, about what it would be like to live in an IP-less world, intellectual property-less world. Let's see what they come up with. Is this truly the dumbest propaganda video ever? Many, many minutes later. What did I just watch? <laughs> Whatever that was, I will never have that 10 minutes of my life back. <laughs> All right, everybody, there you go. Um, well, I guess I can't really recommend that you actually go and watch the video, but I don't want you to be completely in the dark. I guess if you have to watch the video to see the dumbest propaganda video ever, which I think for once does live up to the clickbait title, um, at least watch it on double speed so it only takes half the time. And you can skip the last entire minute of the video because this 10-minute short film, really nine minutes, has a full minute plus of credits at the end. So, <laughs> But, wow, how do you even deconstruct this hot mess? Um... Again, you can go and watch it for yourself, but let's just read the write-up from TechDirt, uh, where they provide a little bit more information about what this video is and what it's about. The tweet actually just shows a 16-second clip from what appears to be a nearly 10-minute film that the EU IPO actually released back in April. You can view the whole thing here. Though I warn you that it is 10 minutes of your life, you will not get back. Exactly. And it is so dumb that you'll really wish you could get them back. I at least watched it on double speed. Good ed good point. Good advice. The film called IP Identical. I think it's IPdentical. Anyway, imagine a world without creativity. It's supposed to be an example of what the world would look like without intellectual property. In this world, everything is the same. There is one song in the world called The Song, and that's it. There is one movie, The Movie. There is one car in one color. Everyone wears the same clothes. All products on store shelves are identical. See? How dystopian. The tension in the movie is that the main character has brief nostalgic memories of her dad, maybe singing a different song when she was a little girl. The song called The Ultimate Song is lost to his history since there is only The Song. However, in a record shop one day, why are there even record shops? Who the F knows? She sees at the bottom of a stack of The Song singles, one sleeve that looks different. Oh my god, it's the ultimate song! She grabs it and rushes home, excited to hear that song from her childhood. That song is exciting and full of life, and you can dance to it rather than the song of this world, which apparently was composed on an organ grinder. <laughs> Except she puts the ultimate song on a record player, and the organ grinder plays instead of what she expected. 
isn't copyright great. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> no, it isn't. And this this propaganda is not only stupid, but it's just ridiculous on its face. Ridiculous. I mean, the government granting of monopoly patents and and what eventuated into the copyright system as we know it is at best a few hundred years old. I mean, no songs existed in the world before there was some sort of state monopoly grant of power that only you can make these particular arrangement of sounds with your mouth or with your guitar or with your instruments. I mean, what nonsense and twaddle. On its face, easily deconstructible. But if we need a little bit more heft to the argument against IP, I will once again direct people to recentcorbettreport.com guest Stefan Kinsella, who is at stefankinsella.com. And as I say, as I said in the, our recent interview talking about law, I did point people to his podcast as an excellent source on IP, i.e. patent and trademark and copyright, which are all different things with different uses and laws and what have you surrounding them. But as Stefan Kinsella, I think, expertly argues, and from the perspective of a patent lawyer, lawyer, the entire intellectual property system is immoral, unethical, unjust, and needs to be abolished. In fact, not only is it immoral and unethical and unjust, it is also, from the utilitarian perspective, a hindrance on creativity, not a help. Uh, uh, this is an important point, and one that often goes right over the heads of people who argue, well, without copyright and patent, the world would all just be a monosyllabic gray because no one would create anything, because there'd be no incentive. Wrong. Empirically wrong. But let's listen to a bit of Stefan Kinsella lecturing on this particular point so that we, we understand this point in greater detail. The, the basic utilitarian argument, which is the common one among libertarians, um, is this just assumption, which the Founding Fathers had, this assumption that if we have the government grant these monopolies on certain types of innovation, we'll get more of it, and we'll all be better off, right? Basically, net wealth will be created. This is their argument. But they rarely make it this explicit, because if they made it explicit, they would have to, they would have to give us numbers, right? No, their argument is that it creates wealth. Well, how much wealth? Tell me how much. So the, there is no doubt that the patent system, for example, imposes costs on society. I've estimated it costs 38 to, uh, to $48 billion a year. That's just my off-the-cuff estimate. Uh, and that's uh, annually in, the, in America alone, just the patent system. Okay, so th it imposes costs. My salary, litigation costs, insurance, higher costs for, uh, for, 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 for products. So if you're going to argue that patents impose a net gain on society, um, you need to tell me, well, tell me what the cost is, tell me what the net gain is, subtract from it certain types of innovation that, that are now suppressed. There's no doubt that some innovation is lost because of patents. Even if some innovation is gained, some is lost. So we need to know the net. They never give you these answers. They don't know. If you ask them, they just change the subject. I have yet to meet a serious person who, who argues this way. All the studies that I've seen, now I'm not an empiricist, I'm not a utilitarian, but this is their argument. And every study that people come up with is either inconclusive, they say, well, we just can't figure it out, we don't know, which is probably the proper answer because values are subjective and, and, uh, and ordinal, not cardinal, right? We cannot really sum up these things. But all the attempts to do so using conventional methods, they either conclude that um, the copyright or patent system actually imposes a net cost on society and it decreases innovation. So it's like there's a double penalty. 
right? Or, or they say, well, we, can't, we can't prove it one way or the other. So you would think that if you were a utilitarian, you would conclude from this that we should be against patent law and copyright law, right? We know that it's infringement on liberty. We know that it's costly. And we have no evidence to back up our utilitarian hunch, which the founders had, that it might be a net gain. So until someone can satisfy their burden of proof, we should oppose it. But no, they're, they're in favor of it. All right, that's only a very little clip from a typically excellent and in-depth lecture that Stefan Kinsella delivers on intellectual property. He's got dozens and dozens and dozens of hours on the subject, so I couldn't pick just one of his presentations. If you're into debates, he's debated lots of people, and I think he's never lost any of those debates on intellectual property. If you're into lectures, there are many lectures. If you're into the interview format, he's done many interviews on this over the years and made many points one of which is the point that we just saw in that clip there, that even if you were to take a utilitarian perspective on this, which Stefan Casella does not take, and I do not take, I do not think that the utilitarian idea of, well, how can this law make me money, is the way that we should look at justice. No, I think the justice system, whatever law, uh, idea of law we have, it should strive for justice, what is just, not what can make me money. But anyway, even if we were to take the utilitarian argument, study after study after study shows either net no effect of patents and copyrights in uh, productivity, in, in terms of creativity, in terms of net gains for the economy, or shows an actual hindrance. Um, and as, as Stefan says there, he estimates $30-$40 billion a year annually in America alone just for the patent system let alone copyrights, let alone trademarks. So there is a hindrance, a net drag. And again, there is study after study after study showing this. I will link you to an article from stephanconsella.com from 2009. Yet another study finds patents do not encourage innovation, in which he links a dozen or so academic articles over the years uh, on this very subject. Patents and the Regress of Useful Arts from the uh, Columbia Science and Technology Law Review. Uh, promoting Intellectual Discovery Patents versus Markets from Science.com. Uh, do Patents Perform Like Property from the Boston University School of Law Working Paper. The point is, study after study after study shows that there is no net gain to the economy from putting a patent monopoly, granting this right from what was originally granted by the king. Uh, it was a letter es essentially legalizing piracy, which is the great irony of this. Uh, watch that full lecture from Stefan Gazzella, because he makes this point that, in fact, some of the first patents that were granted were monopolies for pirates to make them into privateers, which uh, is kind of interesting, because now they say that people who go against the intellectual property laws as they exist are pirates, right? And so they try to uh, equate them with uh, literal murderers who were in fact sanctioned by the state by the first patents. So <laughs> it's one big historical circle. Time is a flat uh, circle, I guess. Um, but the point is that this isn't a utilitarian argument because again, the point isn't how can the law make me money? You know, how might I make, make a system that will make me money? Uh, well, there are many ways to do that, and most of them are unjust and unethical, and we would not want to institute them in law. This is another point that Stefan Gensilla makes over and over. He often uses the analogy that, well, okay, let's imagine you're arguing with someone who's pro-slavery, and the pro-slavery person says, but who would pick the cotton? You're not going to say, oh, you know, oh, that's a good point. Well, I guess 
if you can make more money under slavery, then okay, well, we'll allow slavery and you can own some slaves. No, the point is, it doesn't matter who will pick the cotton. And if even if I don't have an answer for that, it doesn't matter. What matters is what's just. And it is not just to own another human being. So that's the answer to the utilitarian argument. It is not just for someone else to be able to stop me from using my mouth or my hands or whatever it is to make certain sounds or to write certain things in a book or whatever it is. That is fundamentally flawed and wrong. And I put my money where my mouth is with all of this. You will note that the corporate report is Creative Commons, uh, non-commercial uh, non attribution, Creative Commons 4.0, I can't remember the exact license off the top of my head. I'll put the link in the show notes in case you're interested. But yes, I encourage people to remix, reuse, take bits of my work and put it in your work or uh, or narrate one of my documentaries for yourself. However that works, just get the information out. That's all I've ever cared about. And the only thing I ever ask is if you like this work and if you want to support it and if you want more work in the future, please support me. You can become a member. You can uh, purchase a DVD so you have a physical copy that can't get removed by the lords of the internet. And, oh yeah, it helps support my work and makes future documentaries possible. And you know what? So far, knock on wood, it's worked. It has worked. Uh, there are people out there willing to support creators who are creative and out there putting stuff of value into the universe. I'll give you a newsflash. Again, the patents and monopoly uh, grants of copyright and what have you, that entire system is at best a few centuries old. There were songs before that point. There were, there were creative expressions. The EU IPO propaganda trash film is so nonsensical that I can't even fathom how anyone involved in that project believed it on any level. Anyway... Dumbest propaganda film ever. I agree. There's a lot more to say on IP, and I know this is a point that a lot of people get hung up on because they will look at the surface level of the arguments and then dismiss it um, because they think they'll be able to make more money under a copyright system or what have you. That, uh, they're, they're completely missing the point on this. So I will put in the links to all of the things I mentioned as well as a few more resources that I think you should check out on this issue. But we will be circling back to it. It is an important topic and uh, one that bears looking into in greater depth, because as unfortunately as a lot of creators out there know now, the entire IP system and the laws that are being woven around the internet right now are being used to clamp down on creators to prevent certain content from being created at all. News and commentary and what have you, well, yeah, there are fair use laws, but do they apply to the internet? And, well, this is only a question of how far these different companies are willing and able to take it, and they're going to take it to the point where news and commentary will be outlawed altogether. This affects the Corbett Report, and by proxy, it affects everyone who listens to my voice. So, again, this is an important topic. I will suggest that you go and take at least a, a browsing glance at that EU IPO propaganda film just to see how stupid it is. Um, but we will definitely be returning to this topic and deconstructing the propaganda surrounding intellectual property, which is a uh, not just a myth, it's a dangerous myth, and one that is being used as a weapon. So that's going to do it for today. I do appreciate you being around, and I'm going to talk to you again very shortly. The Corbett Report is brought to you by you. Your support makes The Corbett Report possible. Sign up for the subscriber newsletter or purchase a DVD at corbettreport.com support.